0: Hi everyone! Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> we have a guest this episode, and we're so excited. I love recording with guests, and I feel like me honestly to say this every time. But we're so excited. Yeah, for our guest we- this episode. Yeah, we're so excited and it's going
1: to be a really fun episode as usual, but I feel like our guest episodes, you always just get to learn something new. So I feel like it'll just be very fun. Our guest today is Lindsay. She is a content creator. Um, she's present on TikTok, YouTube and Instagram. And yeah, I guess you could just give us like a little, like very brief, just like introduction, because I'm sure we're just going to learn a lot about you through that, throughout that.
2: Yeah. Well, first off, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited um so a little bit about me I grew up in a really small town in like the middle of nowhere and then I just was very unhappy I grew up in a really um i guess the word is traumatic childhood I didn't have the best upbringing and I dropped out of college and I remember I was living in this trailer with a boyfriend and it was like okay I do not like this life that I'm living. I started learning a lot about generational trauma and I was like, okay, I'm living the same life that I watched my mom live that I so badly wish she had known there was like other options. So that's when I learned a little bit about social media and that there were different options out there. So I got into social media pretty early. I think it was like 2014. Um, I started Mm -hmm. YouTube and I ended up winning this free um, this contest where I won. This is like a crazy thing. I won a free apartment and like seventy thousand dollars through YouTube. Um, it was like through a local radio station. Oh. Yeah, it was in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, yeah, so I won a free apartment and like around $70,000 in exchange for running their social media because it was back when social media was really new. Yeah. And I remember like 10,000 people entered and I was like, who knows if this is going to happen? <laughs> but I won. And um, I think that was kind of the switch for me realizing like, OK, I went from a really sad life to something really Beautiful, like really quickly, um, all because I was determined to change my life. So from there, I just became um, a full-time social media content creator. Like I never stopped after that. Once I saw that potential, I feel like I got lucky because I got in really early. Yeah, um, I now live in New York with my husband, and yeah, that's I guess a little bit about me.
0: <laughs> that is such a cool story. That that's yeah. such a cool story,
2: and I'm Thank so excited to talk more about. Like, yes, and I love how
0: you talked about the idea of generational trauma. I think that it's so hard to break break patterns like that, and I really am excited to get into that and, like, talk about – more about that. But before we start, we want to do a fun little rapid fire. Yeah. Okay. We just so have we do- <laughs> super, like, quick, fun questions for you. Madison, do you want to ask the first one? Yeah. So it's just, like,
1: a couple of questions you can answer with, like, a word, a phrase, a sentence, whatever it is. But – okay um the first question is go to food spot in new york city
2: oh go to food spot in new york city (laughs) i feel like it's kind of hard because there's so many (laughs) i know there are so many okay actually don antonio's pizza oh (laughs) Oh, i've never tried tried. best pizza it's like kind of near times square oh it's so good okay
1: we'll have to be trying that i'm
0: adding Um, that to my list okay yeah so our next question what's your coffee order Do you have one order that you go to?
2: I do. So I'm pretty basic because I'm trying to cut out my sugar. Mm -hmm. And so I just do coffee at home, honestly. And I do the Starbucks medium roast. I feel like it tastes the best. The ice medium roast with the oat milk vanilla. Yeah.
1: And I feel I like love those that two that together, all. so good. Yeah, Molk is so good. They're almond milk so and oatmeal. I know. <laughs> it's so like good. so creamy. I don't know how to yeah. describe it, but
2: I I'm like, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so good.
1: Um okay. What would you say is your favorite neighborhood in the city?
2: Oh, um do, can I do Brooklyn or something in Brooklyn too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say Park Slope that is it's so calm and quiet mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's like my dream to live there one day and just like hear the birds chirp I live in a really loud area so mm-hmm. yeah I love ho- how like calm and quaint Park Slope is do you mm-hmm. live in Manhattan right now I do I live okay. um near I live like near Upper West Hell's Kitchen okay. area mm-hmm. right nice between.
0: Manasa made the switch to Brooklyn last year I think Shirley mm-hmm. likes it
1: Yeah, (laughs) I made the switch last year, and I love it. It's a little – it's, like, more quiet, but there's also just, like, so much to do. And, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to Manhattan. Who knows? But for right now, I really love Brooklyn.
2: It's good. I want to make the switch one day, but I got to wait for Noah because he (laughs) – with his job, he can walk to work, and it's, like, a five-minute walk, so it's, like, Uh, ah. So, yeah, but one day, one day. (laughs) Okay. What's your
1: favorite part of your morning routine?
2: Oh, um I think reading. I I'm really big into like meditation and things like that too, but I recently realized that reading like a fiction book, not necessarily a self-help book, is my favorite way to start my day because I'm like if I read a fiction book, I actually know like I actually won't look at my phone, I won't yeah. scroll, and it still feels like a treat, kind of going back to like like childhood. Like I'm like, "Oh, I can just let myself read a fiction book instead of scrolling all day."
0: Mm-hmm. i'm a huge reader i'm a huge fiction reader me too so
2: are you reading anything good right now um i started reading this book actually called what lies between us it is so okay. good okay And it's have on kindle unlimited that? so if I, you have, I have it. Kendo,
0: do you have i have ku too i'm a huge oh, KU me too <laughs> i'm KU. such an
2: advocate so it's a I, you can read it free i have never heard of this author okay. before, but oh my gosh it's what it's is it about called a, again what lies between us it's about what a girl who locks her mom in her attic and you figure out why but the reason is not something you would think it is not like your typical storyline when i figured out why i was like you're kidding me oh
0: my god it's so good it's really good okay honestly Whoa. i don't read a lot of thriller and mystery but i can try it i will try i been okay. wanting to branch out a little bit so i'll try it that sounds really good okay.
2: And I, I will you. say, if you want to branch out into thriller, the best author to start with is Frida McFadden. She makes like really fast paced thrillers that are really quick. I don't okay. know. I feel like when, whenever someone, like uh, Ka- uh, Carolina from Inner Growth was like, mm-hmm. was telling me she wanted to get into thrillers and I told her Frida McFadden, I was like, start there. Next time I saw her, she was like, th- she's like, I'm reading all her books <laughs> now. they so good. <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay, I think I have to do that. Okay, so our next our last question. Do you have a favorite place to get like workout clothes from or a favorite workout brand that you go to?
2: Mm-hmm. I really love – I don't know if a lot of people know the, this as much now because I'm feel i more millennial um, or definitely a millennial. I <laughs> just turned 30. Do you guys know Buff Bunny? Yeah. I don't. Oh. Oh. I don't. With
1: the little scrunchy, like, butt. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, that's like, I'm wearing, like, her little lounge set. Um, I love her, like, active wear, and the, I just love how colorful it is. Mm-hmm. I also really like set active. I feel like set active has really mm-hmm. cute stuff too. Yeah.
1: Huge set active fit in here. And crazy thing, I went to, like – it was like four or five years ago they were doing buff bunny was doing a pop-up in boston and i happened to be in boston at the same time they were doing a pop-up so i also used to be like a big buff bunny fan oh i love that <laughs> yeah. yeah very cool, very cool.
0: Mm-hmm. okay so yeah that was a little rapid fire um, that was fun i loved it yeah we, were, we just it's fun to i guess like just yeah. to start out um so yeah, to get into a bit of the topic of, of the episode, I think we really wanted to talk about, I know how you're, like, you're talking about, you know, how you, how your life has shifted. And I think a lot of that has to do with mindset as well. So that process of like taking those steps to shift your mindset and how do you really, I guess, how do you start that process? I know that's a very broad question, but can you like walk us through what that process was like?
2: Yeah, I actually think the first place to start when you want to switch your mind sh- like your mindset shifts is kind of awareness first mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us are very unaware of the thoughts that go through our head. We sort mm-hmm. of live on autopilot and we go through our days like, why is this happening to me? Why is so you know and we don't realize what is going on up here as well, mm-hmm. where of course there are things in our life that suck. Like I do, I, I'm not someone to ever like shame someone like victim shame or anything like that. Of course, like there are bad things that happen. We can't deny that, but it's how you look at those things that changes your life because it's like, okay, this thing happened to me. I can't change it, but now what do I want to this be it? Or do I want to figure out where I go from here? So I think you have to be really aware of your thoughts and really aware of how your thoughts change when life happens to you, when something happens um, and ask yourself, am am I letting this control who I am in the rest of my life? Or am I going to get back up and figure out what comes next? So I think once you're really aware of your mindset, Mm -hmm. then this may sound weird, but you can kind of talk back to yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something I learned in therapy is that, If I would find myself thinking, like, oh, I'm not good enough, or I didn't, I don't have, I don't come from a good background, so people aren't gonna like me, things like that, I can stop myself and say, hey, this is a thought, it's not fact. I can follow my thoughts, which are made up in my brain, or I can follow the facts and, like, seek out the truth. And so my therapist used to be like, you know, whenever you're obsessed with your thoughts, seek out the truth. And by seeking out the truth, you're going to look for a new perspective, a new life, and you're going to find that. Because if we look for something, like, there's so many different possibilities out there. So if you look for good stuff, you can find it.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love how you, like, pointed out the fact that, like, It starts with awareness because I feel like I went through like a similar moment in my life where like I was like so confused about like so many events like going not the way that I wanted it to. And I feel like when you start to ask yourself those questions and you maybe even like write it down and like try to journal, I think that's what really helped me because like writing out my thoughts and then like rereading it, Mm -hmm. like I was like, wait a minute, like – there's like some things that I could ask myself or like build awareness on and like these are not all true. Things are just making up in my head. So I love that. I love, I feel like it all starts with awareness.
2: I love that. I want to get better at journaling. I feel like journaling seems to be so helpful and I I need to stick with it. That's like a good reminder for me to keep um, getting back to that. Mm
0: -hmm. And I loved how you talked about like being able to shift that thought process. I mean, I I think I'm very guilty. on something I've also learned in therapy and I'm still learning. Like my therapist calls it cognitive restructuring where she makes me take a thought that is like a negative thought and change it. It doesn't even have to be positive. It just has to be neutral because like mm. the negative thought isn't true. It's just a more neutral lens to look at it. Like what's the truth here? So, and then I, I'm, I try to say that to myself instead. But I think again, like we don't realize how many like the way we talk to ourselves and how many negative thought processes sometimes just are going on like they just become so normalized so the awareness can be so hard but you're right it's such an important first step to start Mm -hmm. that process
2: and I love what you said about neutral because that's something I had a guest on my podcast once who kind of shocked me with that thought Mm -hmm. where um, we were talking about self-love and Mm -hmm. she said something along the lines of you know if you if you don't feel self-love and you feel self-hate you don't you, you can't just jump to self-love but if you can just become like neutral with yourself where you're like she's like i had to admit to myself like okay i don't love myself but i don't actually hate myself she's like if i look in the mirror like i can admit no i don't hate myself i'm pretty neutral and she's like once you can at least get to neutral you're like okay wait neutral is a clean slate now i can yeah. build love and i was like wow that that's- is a, that's a really great perspective Yes. Wow.
1: Like, I've never heard that perspective. So that's, like, something I'm going to take from yeah. this. Like, that's so crazy to, like, think that, like, if you make it neutral, that's something you can build it upon and it makes it, like, feel like things are more okay. Mm-hmm. Or you don't yeah. feel like you need to make such a big jump so quickly. Because that's- I feel like it can be a little scary to, like, switch mm-hmm. your mindset, like, complete yeah. 180 in, like, one day sometimes.
0: And what Absolutely. I feel also is like yeah. this pressure. It's like what, like if I feel bad, the opposite is happiness, right? Or like why mm-hmm. or the positivity. But it's not that easy sometimes. And also it's just not – you can't always be positive. So instead of looking at it as like it always has to be a high, sometimes it can just be, okay, this is the truth. It might not be the mm-hmm. best thing ever, but it's not as bad as I think it is. And that's, I think, how I like to view it. So that's I really helped that. me. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. I love that. So what would you say when you like started to like make these mindset shifts in your life or just like even build that awareness? um, What do you you think like was like a big change in your life that you started to see happen or like how did you really grow from that?
2: Oh, in so many ways. So (laughs) when I had a really negative mindset, everything kind of reflected that where Mm -hmm. I was miserable in any job I had. Even if I had something good happen, I was miserable in it. My friends were tired of me. I was losing all of my friends. They were like, I don't want to be around her. She's so negative. Because I really was so negative back in the day. Um, And once I made that shift, I started to realize that The way my mind became, like, it was kind of mirrored back to me. I had always been in, like, super toxic relationships. And then all of a sudden I was meeting people that actually were kind to me and, like, treated me with respect because I was also treating myself with respect. And I was meeting friends that were nice to me because I was also being nice to them and nice to myself. Whereas before, I think when I was so negative, it seemed normal to have people treat you poorly and mm-hmm. be in poor situations but now all of a sudden I was like seeking out good things so with even with like my YouTube channel and back when I was doing YouTube and like all social media stuff I would start to notice that even with my financial situation I would be more confident in asking to for someone a brand to pay me where before I might have been too afraid to because my mind start, started realizing like no if I think someone else is worth all of this stuff like there's no reason I'm not worth it too
1: hmm I love that because I feel point. like it's so, – yeah, because I think it's, like, so much about energy and, like, the energy you put out there. Like, when you start to, like, put out good energy or, like, positivity or just, like, even being nice to ourselves, it just starts to attract that same thing back. And, you know, it's the whole thing of, like, the law of attraction or just, like, energy in general. I'm such a huge proponent of it, like, putting good stuff out there. So – I really love mm-hmm. that. I feel like you just attracted a lot of good things after you started to you know, make that change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it has to do with love attraction for sure, but I, I love that idea that once you realize you deserve better, you don't let people treat you yeah. any less than you deserve. I really feel like, mm-hmm. and I, I see this a lot, I feel like in with my friends and in relationships that they might be in I think that people treat you how you let them treat you a little bit right like Mm -hmm. you you set the expectation of what's okay in a relationship and how can you set expectations if you don't believe you if you don't believe you deserve that how can you make someone else believe it
2: that's such a profound point I love that and I think we kind of convince ourselves that that's all that's out there too Mm -hmm. I think back then I was just convinced every relationship would be negative. Every friendship was negative. And I'm like, oh, eventually I realized I was like, no, that's just because I was negative. (laughs) So I agree.
1: I think it's like huge in our our relationships too or like it's reflected in a lot of it. Because like even when I think back on like past friendships or like past relationships that I've been in, they've been super toxic or just like, you know, people just talking badly about each other. And when you start to, I think you just mentioned that, but like um, be kind to ourselves and the people we surround ourselves with are just like so much more uplifting and supportive people. So just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like more abundance in our lives than it was before. Mm
2: That's so true. It really is true. Mm -hmm.
0: So going off of that, I think we're talking about, we talked a little bit about mindset. How do you think that translated in terms of Physically, like actually changing your surroundings and actually making shifts like, okay, now I want to do something else career wise and taking that leap, like you mentioned, also entering into that competition. How, like, what was that process like? Okay, now my mindset is shifting, but how do
2: I like implement that now and actually act on it? Okay, so I will say there's like a few different levels of it. So first there's like maybe – I don't want to say silly things, but little Mm -hmm. silly things you can do. I keep sticky notes everywhere. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I started to write little affirmations about myself and I would stick them all over my apartment. And whenever I find myself being really negative, I will still do that now because it kind of reminds me when I see that. like, oh, no, that's how I'm supposed to be talking to myself. How am I actually talking to myself? So I first started to put reminders everywhere. Um, And then I think I just started putting myself – out there a lot like when i was going in like to win when i was winning that contest and everything this was so long ago it's actually almost 10 years now which is crazy wow um i know (laughs) it's crazy um i i'm trying to think so do you mean more of like ways that i change my mindset like physically or like how things happen like because of that
0: i guess how things happen because of that how did you translate it like to actual results in your life like how changing things yeah Mm
2: -hmm yeah so i'd say after the contest so once i'd won the contest because i was like living there that's really when a lot of the shifts happen when i was okay. like okay wait something so big happened to me that I never expected. Yeah. How can I continue this? So I told myself that my goal was by the end of the free year of the of the apartment that I would never have to go back to where I was from because I grew mm. up in a really toxic environment. I was like, you know, I never want to go back. I have a year to make it happen. And most people aren't, every not everyone's going to give get a free apartment, but mm-hmm. you got to look at what you do have and think, okay, how can I make the most of it? And I was like, how do I make the most of something so incredible? Because it would have been, I could have easily just stayed in that, free apartment for a year, laid on the couch and ate chips and watched TV. And at the end of it, I would have gone back home. You know, I would have been back in the trailer I was living in with no money. But I was like, no, I'm going to make something out of this. So I documented every second I could on YouTube. And I was like super big on YouTube back then. That was like all I posted. It was kind of before Instagram had its time. And I saved every penny I could. And I wasn't like a big creator by any means. I think I had um, on YouTube, I think I had like 3,000 and Mm -hmm. I hustled that year. And by the end of the year, I had 100,000 YouTube subscribers and it was crazy. It was crazy (laughs) because it was October and I hadn't gotten there yet. I had gotten to 30,000 and I was like, how Uh am I going to make this happen? Because back then it was like 100K YouTube subscribers was kind of like the basis for making income. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And then in October, I had this like genius video idea and I remember it went viral and um, some really popular like celebrities and YouTubers had seen it and they reposted it. And I hit 100K like within within a few and as soon as I was done with that apartment I made myself I was like this has to you have to do some big stuff you have to really get out of your comfort zone I was mm. terrified so I when at my lease was up I I remember my mom being like oh you're gonna come back home for a few weeks while you figure out what you're gonna do and I was like no that is like, I can't. I can't go back into a comfortable space. I have to stay yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. So I immediately from there packed up my stuff and I moved out of state. I actually moved to Ohio, which is such a random place. But <laughs> I was like, as long as I move, you know, because you doesn't have to. Yeah. Like we talked about the self-love. Yeah, thing. It doesn't, doesn't have to have be to. straight to be New York. New York. Mm-hmm. I picked Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and I moved there and continued being a social media influencer. And I think it's kind of changed everything because now – Whenever I feel stagnant in my life, whenever I feel like anything, I ask myself, okay, so what do I want next? Like I and I think it's good to be content and good to be happy, but I think I've developed a mindset of I, I don't know, I guess I I do feel like if I put my mindset to something, like I can make it happen.
1: Yeah. And I love that mindset of like when you got that apartment, you were like, this is what I'm going to do in this time and I'm going to make it happen. You kind of lived with that mentality of like, I know that I'm going to come out of this with like in a better place or a better Mm -hmm. place where I can, you know, grow even more. And I feel like because you gave yourself that plan A and like not really that plan B, you were just Mm -hmm. allowed
2: yourself to like really put your full force into that. Yeah, I think that's something I've always done is I've never had a plan B mm-hmm. and I think it works out in your favor sometimes Yeah, because yeah. I think when you're so set on something like, you know, like in your like gut, it's what you're supposed to do and there's no distraction, you're going to yeah. make it happen. It may take longer than you want it to, but I think it will happen. Yeah. Um that's a good point. I never thought about the plan B. There's
0: a there's yeah. Jay episode on Jay Shetty's podcast where he talks about confidence. And he, mm-hmm. I remember writing this down when I listened to it like over a year ago, he said confidence is keeping the promises that you make to yourself. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what you're doing, right? It's like deciding you're going to do something. And when you can do it, that's what makes you feel confident in yourself. And it's, I think we need those moments that we can like look back on mentally, like that bank of moments to be like, no, I did something hard before. Like that's yeah. what builds up that resilience. And you had such a, like such a big one like i got through that now like what i can get through anything kind of thing Mm -hmm.
2: i love that thank you that's so Mm -hmm. crazy
1: how you like completely just transformed your life and it's just honestly so like admirable that you were able to do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) what would you say when you were like um creating content and like starting your youtube channel what was your like favorite type of content to make back then or even now Yeah.
2: Okay. So now I think I, I really want to talk more to my phone. I think I get yeah. a little nervous and I'm like, yeah, no, that's like my goal now. <laughs> I love watching people just like take up their phone and talk mm-hmm. um, very in the moment, especially when they're doing stuff, like when they're just like part of their day. I love that. So that's my favorite content to watch. Um, I really back then when I was doing, cause I don't do YouTube anymore. Um, I, well, I don't like not do it. I just not really. I did it for so long, like mm-hmm. seven years and I was like, I need a break What um, <laughs> I was doing youtube i think my favorite type of content was very honestly very lifestyle so when i was doing youtube like self-help wasn't really like a thing yet Mm. so i was very lifestyle and i think towards the end that's when i was like okay wait i have shared so much of my life now i want to help people like share how I got my life, which is what I started to do on Instagram, TikTok, and like the podcast.
0: So I think because you've been also in social media for so long, like you've seen such a big shift in trends yeah. and all of that. So how did you adapt to, to like stay with, with what's going on? Because I feel like that can be tough, right? Changing platforms, changing types yeah. of content from like long form to short form. How did you navigate that process? I feel
1: like the Instagram well, app was like even blue back then. It, it was I was brown first. <laughs> it, was,
2: it was a brown app when it first started. Yeah. Honestly, I stumbled. I stumbled when I <laughs> changed. And at first I was so resistant because I was like, no, like this is YouTube is the thing. And like mm. long videos that are like 80 minutes, not literally, but like 80 minutes mm-hmm. long are the thing. How am I ever gonna make content that's one minute or like 30 seconds? And then I think I just it kind of hit me one day. I'm like, okay, you're being really stubborn. I am a Taurus <laughs> and I am very stubborn. And I was like, you are getting in your own way and I kind of reminded myself I'm like either you pivot with these with these platforms or you get left behind and it sucks because I watched so many people that I grew up watching where when I was on the platform like on YouTube back then when YouTube was changing I would notice them and I'm like come mm-hmm. on like times are changing get with it I don't want mm-hmm. you to be left behind and I'd watch that happen and I was like wait Uh oh, this is happening to me. I have to make a change, and I actually think it was for the best because I realized I was kind of hiding myself a lot with YouTube. On YouTube, I actually now my channel is still up, but I deleted almost or privated almost all of my videos because I really posted. I don't want to say a facade, but it was just like, oh, here's my life in New York. It's so cool, and I realized with YouTube, I was it was all about the aesthetics and you know what you could show off. And I realized when I got more into Instagram and TikTok, I was like, okay, no, now it's more about, like, the authenticity, and that was when I really started Mm -hmm. to share, like, okay, no, I didn't have a great life growing up, or, like, I'm actually, like, I take mental health medication, like, I started being really, like, true to myself, and I think that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me, was learning that people don't just want to see pretty videos, they want to, like, know who I am, Mm -hmm. so I think the way I transitioned was honestly so accidental i think i just spent so much of my like earlier time on social media trying to be something i wasn't like trying to be what i thought the internet wanted me to be that Mm -hmm. when i saw this new opportunity to just like be myself i just i don't know i think i just went for Mm -hmm. it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a really good point i do think youtube was very like idealistic you know, it really yeah. was back then. If I
0: think back like Bethany Moda and stuff, like what do you used to watch? Very <laughs> yeah. filtered. Pumpkin spice latte <laughs> video. Yeah. Like, Bethany
2: Moda Bethany Moda is who shouted at my channel on how I hit hundred. Oh, cool. okay. oh, So cool. Maybe so I, I like, saw I, it
0: back then. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't mention it. I was like, you, you I was like they probably do not know who Bethany no, Moda is anymore. No, so, that, like, <laughs> that
0: used to be what we used to watch too, and like you're yeah. right, it was very like saturated color, mm. but also like that's so true and i think that's also i i've been realizing i think that's what makes someone popular on tiktok even if we look at who's popular now like even if we look at like an alex earl or something like what makes her different than everyone else that's posting and i really feel like it's how real she is like you feel like she's being real with you so that's why you want to watch her
2: yeah you feel
0: like you're facetiming a friend Mm -hmm. yes which I love about
1: like Instagram and TikTok. I feel like it's just Mm -hmm. so fun. It's like so – like a lot of it can be like very on the spot and you just like get to see like people's like real lives on like a daily basis, which is just so – I feel like a lot less edited than YouTube can be Mm -hmm. because I also had like a long time when Mm -hmm. I was posting a lot on YouTube. It – came to a point where it was getting really hard for me with my like full-time job and then also doing the podcast too so I was kind of like I'm just gonna stick with the podcast and TikTok but I remember I would spend so many hours editing I mean one it does take a lot longer but We would just – I feel like I was trying to, like, perfect a video and, like, make it even better and Mm. make all these edits, like, over and over
2: again. But with TikTok, I literally just, like, cut a few pieces and then I'll just post it. (laughs) (laughs) And then because the videos are so long on YouTube, it's like to make something aesthetic, it takes hours. I remember people would be like, oh, how long does it take to make a YouTube video? I'm like, well – Filming was a couple hours, mm-hmm. editing would be a couple of days. Yeah. Whereas on TikTok, I can share so much more and in the moment because it is so quick, which I really like.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I've, I feel like I've seen like a lot of the creators, especially on YouTube, even make that transition towards like the more authentic side on YouTube itself. I feel like a lot of them are starting to make like really real vlogs. Like one of my favorite, like Monet, she's popped off on TikTok mm-hmm. and her YouTube videos are like an hour long. But I feel like I'm just like talking to her or like sh- like we're on FaceTime together because she'll just be like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just so authentic. Mm -hmm. And I just love the way social media has shifted towards that direction. I
2: do too. Yeah. I really do. Mm -hmm. It's funny because when it first started, I I remember I did like the very – if you scroll back on my Instagram, I was like the inspo photos, like the very Pinteresty type things where I'd hold the flowers in front of my face. Yeah. Like so <laughs> <the colors. laughs> Yes. And I remember when that was going away, I was like, there's no way. I was like, I am never going to take a photo of me just holding a cup of coffee. And now I'm like, that is incredible. I never want to have to go buy props. Ever. I would go on vacation and spend hours setting up like a breakfast plate just for a photo. And Noah would be like, Lindsay, by the time we take the photo, the food's going to be cold. And i I'm like, I have to get this one photo. And God, now I'm like, so I would never funny. do that again. <laughs> Literally, so I'll just take a picture from above of my food. <laughs> and like, now I'm like, you- I'm like point 0.5. You know, it's <laughs> really quick.
0: Did you ever so I used to watch Aspen Ovard a lot and I follow her mm. now because I love how she'll like post her old stuff and be like, this is so different than what I post now. Like I love <laughs> I love her content. Because it's so – I, I feel like she's really changed too. And you're right. Like when mm-hmm. I watch YouTube now, I'm mainly watching vlogs. If I think about it, like that's solely what I'm clicking on. It's so different than what I used to click. And even if it's a 60-minute video, I will click it and I will still watch mm-hmm. it like throughout my day. <laughs> that's Literally. a good point.
1: <laughs> what would you say is like um, your favorite type of content that you post now? Like more like morning routines or just like – what would you say is like your favorite?
2: I do like mm-hmm. this combo type video where I will film almost like a like a day in my life or a bunch of clips, and then I'll do a voiceover over it that usually has nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> that's like my favorite thing. So it's kind of like a day in my life, but then I make the voiceover a little bit more meaningful. Um, like I did one the other day that was about slow living. I haven't posted it yet, but it was like I did, filmed a video of me cleaning my apartment. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like a in the moment vlog but I did a voiceover about slow living. So I felt like I was... Mm -hmm. still doing like the vlog style but providing a little bit of value Mm -hmm. I would say that's my favorite cool I love that
1: I really love that go ahead you go first you go first first. (laughs) I was gonna say I, I was gonna say like living in New York I feel like it's such a like active and busy city what would you say is like your way of experiencing New York? Because I think a lot of people's New York's can be different. Some people are big homebodies, or some people maybe they spend like 20% in their apartment. They just go to sleep, wake up, and they're never there again.
2: So, what would you say is like your type of New York? I'm definitely a homebody. I'm a super (laughs) introvert. And it's crazy because- So are we. Uh, (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) You'd think that I wouldn't want to live here, but I'm like, I love it. Because when I moved here, I was so anxious Mm -hmm. and I, I was too afraid to do anything. So I love that New York has kind of it's definitely brought me out of my shell. I talk a lot on social media about how, when I first moved here, I was, I when I before I moved here, I was too afraid to drive a car. But now I'm like, oh, I take the train by myself. <laughs> so I think yeah. I, my kind of New York is that I'm still very introverted, but it's really brought me my independence Mm -hmm. where I love that here I feel I actually feel very safe to go and do things by myself Mm -hmm. I always think it's crazy because people like oh how do you feel safe in New York I'm like I actually feel safer here than I felt anywhere else Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. like I I don't know I feel so comfortable and I I obviously you got to be like careful and I'm I'm not walking out by myself at night but Mm -hmm. I love that there's so many people around but nobody cares about what I'm doing in that sense it's like you can really be yourself and nobody cares they just want to get to their job and do their thing yes. mm-hmm. so i feel like my new york is i am at home a lot but i do push myself you know to take myself on walks every day or mm-hmm. to go to workout classes or meet friends for coffee um and i love how much access there is for me to do those things especially since i don't drive um yeah. so i'd say i'm like a balance like a
0: 50 50 nice i mm-hmm. think being so like having just graduated well not just graduated but like like semi recently and like Starting our journey, I think of like living in New York and that whole experience. I think it's like I can like speak for myself. I think I'm also trying to figure out like what what I want to get out of the city and how what I want to look like. I think the cool thing about New York is whatever, whoever you are, there's someone else like you here, right? Like yes, there is. You can find your people here. It's Mm -hmm. like there's every like every kind of person is here, and I think I'm also trying to figure out like. What do I wanna do? How do I wanna take advantage of it? Cause I feel like it can feel very daunting too. Like there's so much to do. Like how do I mm-hmm. how do I make the most of the
2: situation? It's a lot. Yeah, because it's easy to get overstimulated or mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So I always try to remind myself. I'm like, okay, you don't have to do everything. Like yeah. you can say no. You don't have to go to every. Because you do get like once you move here. I was like, well, At first, I remember I was really overwhelmed when we yeah. first moved here because mm-hmm. there's so many invites and so many people to meet. And I'm like, okay, I have to remind myself. I can still be calm in a big city. I can be like, oh, I, I can't go to this event, but I'll see you next week or the yeah. week after. Yeah. And I can still do things like go to the park in the morning, mm-hmm. Bryant Park in the early morning when no. No one's there is magical it's like the really? golden light coming through it is wow. so incredible i highly recommend it's and it kind of reminds you like there's so many times when you, you can go out and just i don't know be to yourself mm-hmm. which is nice and be present uh, yeah i love yeah
1: that. so when I, when I used to live in the east village is obviously like a very loud part of the city but something about i think it was like eight or nine a.m on the weekends so dead like there was literally Mm -hmm. no one walking around but I loved it I would like wake up early go get my coffee and I felt like I was like the only one but I got to experience the city but like the rush of it wasn't there it was just like a different beauty of the city which I I just love yeah I do too yeah I think
0: so how long have you I was gonna (laughs) say how long have you lived in New York for um, three years now. So okay. just about three
2: years. Okay.
0: Now. I wonder when you become a New
2: Yorker. Like, I wonder when it, is that feeling? Because I feel like I still I feel like... I know. Yeah. But that's cool. <laughs> that's a good question because when I moved here, I had a friend and she had like lived here two years and I was like, wow, you're like a New Yorker like a and New now York. I've been here three years and I'm like, I don't know if I'm a New Yorker yet. <laughs> I
1: know. People always say like, oh, like five years or 10 years. But then mm-hmm. I'm also just like, I feel like whenever it's like, you feel like you just like, It feels like really homey to you Mm -hmm. or you feel Mm -hmm. like if you go take a trip and like you crave it or like you miss it, I feel like that's when you Mm -hmm. know it really feels like home to you.
2: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's
1: true. Yeah, I agree with you. Would you say it like took you a while for it to like start to feel like home or was it like a big adjustment when you first moved here?
2: Definitely a big adjustment. I was kind Mm -hmm. of like, oh no, what did I do? Because I was so anxious and so scared and I Mm -hmm. did not have any independence i was very like dependent on everyone around me especially since i didn't drive my friends would always come pick me up to go do things and Mm -hmm. being living in like ohio or california we lived in california for a bit too like that's a lot for people to have to come pick you up and not to be able to drive and so i think when i came here i was like oh my gosh i'm so anxious and i actually spent like probably this first six months 6 8 months like not really doing anything and there was a time I was talking to my husband I was like no like I'm not happy and he's like I love you but you got to give it a chance he was like you have to step outside and walk Mm -hmm. places. Like that's the difference. It's like, and people always say like, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And like Mm -hmm. New York will change your life. I'm like, it really does. Because I think when I had that moment, I was like, okay, because we we actually moved here because my husband's job brought us here. Mm -hmm. And it had been like our dream to live in New York. But like, once I got here, I was like, I didn't realize like how much it, how different it is to actually live here. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not like when when I was visiting, when Noah would like walk around with me everywhere. So I really had to learn how to be independent and use my maps and take the train. And so I think when I, it was a big adjustment for me, but I think it was a really well-needed adjustment. Like it was like the best adjustment I could have ever asked for.
1: Yeah, I feel like what you were saying about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, I feel like I felt very similarly when I first met here, moved here because I'm also someone who gets – a little nervous talking to new people sometimes or just like putting myself out there and I think moving here like really pushed me to do that just like meet new people go to events just like go to these workout classes alone sometimes or even go to events alone like that was like so daunting to me Mm -hmm. to even do that in the beginning and the fact that I was like able to do that
0: it's crazy that the city kind of pushed me in that way. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think the cool thing about New York is that you can get around like easily. You don't need, you need, people don't have cars, but also like you said before that no one cares. I think that's the cool mm-hmm. thing about New York is that it really makes you feel like I can do whatever. And I think that's mm-hmm. why it's like, you know, like I think that's what makes it so different than than other cities that you can still get around without a car. If, like, there's something about it that just allows you to be who you are, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks that people in New York are mean. I'm like, okay, I don't really know. I don't know if... I mean, I've definitely experienced mean people here. Yeah. But I also feel like it is such a community at the same Ooh. time. I remember the first time I ever got lost on the train, I was so stressed and I just went up to this couple and I was like, hey, um, I'm trying to get so-and-so. And they spent like five, 10 minutes um, like pulling out their phones, but okay, you got off of the wrong stop. You gotta go out there, go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, people are willing to help. Like, mm-hmm. no, they don't care what I'm wearing or if I'm taking photos and you know, they're busy living their lives, but they still step in when someone is like, okay, can you help? Mm-hmm. That's true. I so agree. going on the other side of that, we're talking about independence,
0: I kind of want to ask of like, how you've met people in the city and how has that been through social media? How, how have you like expanded your circle, like found people in the city? Because I feel like that can also be daunting as an adult to make friends and to meet new people. And so like, how, yeah. what was that process like for you?
1: I feel like making so, friends – oh, go ahead. Oh no, you, you go first. <laughs> I was going to say that, like, I think making friends as an adult is so different from our childhood because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it, whether it be in school or, like, in college, you see people, like, so often, so friendships form so differently than after, so – yeah. That's just something I wanted to put. No, out it's, it is so true. Yeah. It was
2: really scary. I think I actually mm-hmm. met my first two friends here through social media, mm-hmm. which was so interesting because I had never really like met a lot of people through social media before. Um, but after that, I feel like the most people I've met have been through events, through workout classes. Um, I just started trying to go to like same places over and over and i noticed that i would just get the courage up to talk to someone like i even just recently i'm still working on it i recently was going to a legree class and the girl next to me like um could tell that i was struggling and was like hey your weight is messed up and like helped me and afterwards i was like oh thank you so much i'm new this is like my first time doing this and she's like oh you're killing it and then the next time i saw her she like waved me over and she's like oh you're back you know and it's like over time we get to know each other so i think kind of like you mentioned in school we were with people so often think of like a hobby that you have or the type of Mm -hmm. people you want to meet and think, okay, where would they hang out? Um, And I would say frequent those places more often. And it might take a little while, but I always remind myself that if I'm interested in meeting friends, I'm sure other people are also interested in meeting mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing is if I – I don't, like, go up and be like, hey, do you want to hang out? <laughs> but if I, if I just start talking to someone and they seem nice, like, I'm, like, I'm just going to put myself out there. Like, yeah. when we ran into each other in so I was like, hey, if you want to go on, like, a double date, double date. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, you know, worst case is someone's, like – no one's going to be like, no, I don't like you. They might just be like, oh, I'm busy. And then you get let down easily and it's okay. <laughs>
1: It was so crazy when I ran into you that day. I was like, I saw you walking down the street and I was like, she looks so familiar. It's definitely Lindsay. And then it was you.
2: <laughs> it's funny because I didn't see you until you were like right here. And I was like, oh my gosh, hi. <laughs> oh,
1: That's so funny. I was like that day I had like literally slept for like three hours. So I was like just dazing around oh, no. city.
2: <laughs> it was so hot out too. It was.
1: It was really hot. I was hard. like, I need coffee and I need water. I'm going to go find it. I went and it. bought...
2: You know you were wearing like the tube top, mm-hmm. like what are the what are they called halter tops?
1: Halter. Um,
2: yeah, I I had wanted one for so long, and I always I'm like, oh, I see everyone gets them from like Aritzia and stuff. And after we walked away, I was like, oh my gosh, I it's it's the time we went to Aritzia. I bought two identical shirts to yours. That's so <laughs> I funny. love that.
1: <laughs> it was like it's I. So that's funny. like going back to the whole like being in the city I just like my favorite thing to do is just like wandering I love to start mm-hmm. my day with like a brunch or a coffee and just like walk I don't know I feel like you just explore and you walk into different mm-hmm. things and it's just I know like, I agree I love
0: that and <laughs> I love what you said about like frequenting a spot I also like I think that's a really good way to make a big city feel small it's like go to the same coffee shop every day mm-hmm. and like for mm-hmm. someone to know you and it's such a like good feeling to walk in and know your order yeah. <laughs> or like <do> you know <laughs> what you, you walk into a Class and you know someone it feels like I'm part of this now I think that's such an important thing to, like pick something and keep doing it and you'll you'll like feel like a part of the community
2: yeah. and you never know where it'll be because like I mentioned the Don Antonio's pizza is a place that we went we actually ordered from there during COVID mm-hmm. and we started in when it like opened back up we're like oh let's go try this in real life it was like one of the best pizza places I've ever been um and we kept going there and I guess the woman um, who owns it had recognized me and cause she'd noticed we were in there all the time. And she like brought us a free dessert one time. And so I messaged their account on Instagram and I was like, who sent me this? And she's like, Oh, hi. You know, she's like introduced herself. She's like, I just see you in here all the time. And so I wanted to, you know, say thanks. Oh, and I was like, so, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, next time, intro- next time come say hi in person. So I'm like, you never know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That's so funny. I just have a funny story about this. So like when I used to live in the East village, I used to go to this coffee shop, like honestly, like every other day loved their coffee but I, and i would get the same order every single day to a point where like they would start making it before i like right when i got <laughs> to the door but i think it came to a point where like i didn't want i like wanted to change up my coffee order I, Like <laughs> i feel like in, i would <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't change it because, like, <laughs> they were just so nice that I just. Yes.
0: <laughs> Aww. So every time That's I so went cute. to my
1: coffee shop, I would get that coffee. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so I
0: love that. <laughs> yeah, That's really sweet. That is. <laughs>
1: and then like, going no. back, I know we took, like, a huge tangent into, like, New York and, like, coffee and everything, but I kind of wanted to go back to, like, the whole like mindset shift and everything like that. And I think I was thinking about it and a lot of it comes with like confidence and the confidence that we build through that. What would you say was like one of the biggest things that you had to do to, you know, build that confidence in the first place? Because I feel like confidence is like, honestly, the backbone for a lot of things.
2: Mm -hmm. I would say, and it's weird because I feel like I'm actually finally confident enough to be like, no, I am really confident. But I wasn't a few years ago. And I think I – I think you just have to get to know yourself really well. I used to rely on everyone else's – like I'd go to a restaurant and I would wait to see what everyone else was ordering before I would order Mm. because I wanted to make sure what I was ordering wasn't going to offend someone. I remember I'd go to a restaurant and I'd be like, okay, wait – Does everyone here is – are you guys dairy-free? Like, to make sure if I got cheese on something, I wasn't going to be, like, judged. And eventually, I realized I was like, that is – this is exhausting, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, they don't – they're not thinking about me like I think they are. The the thoughts that you think everyone else is having about you is actually a projection of what you think about yourself. Mm -hmm. So, I just worked on really spending a lot of time with myself and getting to know myself and being comfortable – ordering things by myself I would take myself a lot on solo dates I I'm a big fan on solo dates I think you should take yourself start slow you know take yourself on a solo walk and then and here I was forced to take myself on the train and that to me was like okay this is I'm learning how to navigate that's a big deal and then take yourself to coffee shops to lunch take yourself to a movie and I know that sounds silly but you'll go to these places and you'll start to be like wait I have to pick what I want here. And then your intuition starts to kick in Mm -hmm. doing those little things. When you give yourself permission to not have anyone else around you make a decision, your intuition will start to be like, okay, wait, this is my turn. And you'll notice it gets easier. And I also do think it's a little bit of age too. So I just turned 30 Mm -hmm. and I want to always tell everyone, like if you feel like, oh my gosh, no matter what I do, I still lack a little bit of confidence. There is something that happened around the time I was like, you know, 28, 29, where I just woke up one day and I was like, I really don't care what anyone else has to say about me. And it was like, it came out of nowhere. I'm like, did something in my brain just finally like finish structuring? I don't know because I was like, Mm. I used to think like what someone else did had to do with me. And I'm like, it finally really clicked in my brain. I'm like, okay, what she does has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Like we're not the same person, Mm -hmm. you know, and – I don't know. I woke up one day and I do think that was that's what's so beautiful about being in your 20s is like if you feel like, oh, my gosh, everyone else has it all figured out. No one does. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we ever figure it all out, but it's great to know that, you know, if you just keep figuring out yourself out, you know, you're not going to figure out life. But if you keep figuring out who you are, that confidence is going to keep building. It's like a muscle, you know, you got to keep working at it. Yeah, Yeah, because it's something
1: that we like grow and build on every day because like even looking back at myself like five years ago, I'm not the same person, but I do think there's like still so much to go. So it's Mm -hmm. like a, a little building block type of thing
0: <laughs> and I think it's a mm-hmm. little it really bit, is yeah I think it's a little bit of a of a woman thing too I think sometimes mm. we like tend to like make other people feel comfortable around us right we're not that good yes. kind at of taking up space so like you don't mm. want to you don't want to say your opinion in case someone else disagrees with it like I can totally mm. relate to that feeling of like uh or like even that indecisiveness I feel like that's so that's so common for us because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to take up space yourself. And so I think that's a learning process. And maybe it is age, mature, like maturing and kind of going through that journey and, and realizing that everyone's too worried about themselves to be thinking about you. you yes, know? they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so
1: crazy when you like realize that too, because I feel like you can like live yourself live your life more like freely when you like let go of that because when you you start to live your life for yourself rather than for other people and it's Mm -hmm. like it's like a huge thing because I feel like when you I'm still working through that but like even like being aware of that thought process is like a crazy thing
2: Mm -hmm. I like to always whenever I am worried what people think about me I always remind myself I'm like okay in high school I was worried what people think about me I don't even remember those people. Yeah. So every yeah. person that you're worried, what they think about me, I always remind myself, I'm like, one day I won't even know this person. And they won't, they won't remember me. That's true. And it's like, it always reminds me, of, like, oh, yeah, I was so stressed in high school. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember half of their names. <laughs> That's true. Yeah.
1: That's so crazy. Yeah, and
2: I feel like it's, like, it.
1: the whole thing, like, as long as the, the people who – are around me or like the most important people around me are supporting me like that's all I need and I just yes. have myself too so I really don't really care about anyone else because I have my people I have myself and that's what matters
2: yes yeah and I feel like you're gonna you yourself is the longest friendship you'll ever have yeah you know so it's like you got to be friends with yourself mm-hmm. and thinking about like what I'm
0: dealing with right now too in life I think a lot of like post grad for me has been defining what success looks like to me And not to someone else and I think this also Mm. comes from being a child of immigrant parents where like they have this definition of success and it's kind of hard to create my own definition when it's like this one has been pushed on to me Mm. so I think that's what I'm dealing with too and I love that idea of like everyone everyone's like viewpoints everyone's definitions are different and I have to figure that one out for myself and I think Mm -hmm. I've been really good in the past at, at taking other people's definitions and making it mine when that wasn't ever mine in the first place yeah
2: there's a quote that I had saved back when I was like a massive people pleaser that really I used to keep it on one of my sticky notes and it's a really good (laughs) good one if you need it is no one else has to deal with the consequences Mm. but me Mm. so when Mm. someone else is like oh no I don't want you to take this job I want you to take this job I always remind myself I'm like I'm the one who has to deal with the consequences of their of of these decisions They they don't and I, I always time. remind myself, I'm like, okay, I'm the one who has to deal with this in the end. So if I pick something someone else wants me to do, but I'm going to be miserable, I have to then live with that. Like, I have to figure out how to get through the next thing of if I'm miserable at my job or if someone's like, oh, I wish you had been with this boyfriend. I liked him and I stayed with that person. <laughs> it's like, oh, but then I have to live with but that. I'm the one who's living with him every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, wow. I
1: love that because, like, I am – part of me is like working through this people pleaser thing and like that is like something that i'm going to write down after this because Mm -hmm. i feel like with being a people pleaser and like wanting to make others happy all the time we start we stop living for ourselves and i just love that because you start to put yourself first
2: more Yes, yeah. I I think in the moment when we're, oh, sorry. No, no, you go first. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, I think in the moment when we're people-pleasing, we're like, all we're thinking about is the right now answer. Like, oh, well, if I just say yes, it'll make them happy. Mm And we kind of forget like, oh, no, this has long, this might be a short-term bother on their life, but this is like a long-term thing for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. I love that. Yeah, I was going to say, I like how you articulated that because I feel like I've been thinking a version of that first, or like that's what I've been using, but saying it like, like like I'm living with my consequences. I like like mm-hmm. that um, like that phrasing. I think it's really powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This was such a good podcast episode. I, I feel like I, I know. I, like, honestly, like. I'm going to go back to listen to this a couple of times. <laughs> so I know.
2: I know.
1: It. <laughs> I mean, your story is, like, so amazing. And to see, like, how much you've grown from that and, like, really transformed your life is just very inspirational. And as me and Ishikar are still, like, navigating our 20s, like, mm-hmm. it's just so great to hear your story. And it was so great to meet you. You have the best energy. Yeah. I know. It was so it's been so nice talking yeah. to you guys. Also, you no, have such a good, so much- like, like nice voice to listen to and you were saying about like how you were scared to like talk more on tiktok and stuff like that okay this
2: is good
0: to know i didn't know that (laughs) does everyone have that insecurity because i do too if i hear my voice back i like don't like it at all
2: like i I can't listen to my own podcast i'm like oh my gosh who is she
0: (laughs) Well, you have a really soothing
1: voice, so I, like. I oh, <laughs> um, So, just I want to know like where people can find you, like so people can follow you and all of that jazz.
2: Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, mainly Instagram and TikTok is where I post day to day, just mm-hmm. at Lindsay with an A. Adkinson, Lindsay Adkinson, and then on uh, my podcast is It Gets Better Podcast, and that's just on Spotify and Apple.
1: Yes. Go give yes. her some love. Go give her a follow. And also I hope you guys took a lot of stuff from this podcast episode because I know all of us did. Mm-hmm. So as usual, definitely go follow the podcast on Spotify, in Apple Podcasts, Instagram, everywhere. And thanks so much for listening to this week's episode and you'll hear us next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>